Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Hey folks, Pastor Josh here. You're watching Walk Through the Psalms today. Shannon Bales with me over there in South Africa. How you doing, Shannon? Wonderful. How you doing, Pastor Josh? Well, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good today, even though the 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 we're gonna date the podcast, even though the COVID numbers in my area are going up. We're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good Praise today. God. Yeah. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead. We're in we're in Psalm 119 today, once more. We're in the fourth section of the psalm, the fourth letter of the alphabet. Uh, we're not going to try to pronounce it for you, but just, you know, if you have your Bible handy, open it up net and you can try to pronounce it for yourself. We're in 25 through 32 today, the eight verses there. We're going to be looking at that and we'd be expounding upon it. But first, before we do that, I want to open us up with a word of prayer and ask God to bless our time together and bless our uh, conversation. And those that are listening, we pray that you would get some understanding and a closer relationship with God. All right. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Father. We thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Father, we ask that you would bless this time. Father, bless us as we con as we have conversation about this section of Scripture. Guide our hearts, guide our understanding, guide our conversation. Lord, help us to be blessed through this conversation in this Scripture. Help those that are watching in real time right now or in the future. Lord, help them to be blessed and gain, glean a greater understanding of you through your word. Father, grow in us a hunger, grow in us a thirst for the word of God. And Lord, I pray that you minister through your word today to, to us and to those watching and listening. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All amen. right. Psalm 119, 119, verse 25 through 32 today. We're going to start off with verse 25. Uh, I just want to give you a overview of this really quickly. This is a this kind of speaks of a person who desires revival, and I think it's important to understand that as Christians we need to desire revival. We need to no matter no matter uh, what we think is happening in our society, in our countries, uh, things could all be going well, but we still need to, to desire revival. And the writer of this psalm uh, kind of leans toward that direction. So we're going to be talking about some of that today. We're going to be looking at Psalm 119, verse 25 to start with. If you're there, follow along with us. It says in verse 25, My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. So here's here's something that that I found very, very much intriguing here. Not intriguing, but how do I want to say? very much um, indicative of someone who follows God. Okay. Some things that we want to think about. He's acknowledging that his soul clings to the dust. As Shannon and I were talking, when you have, when you have a dry spot and you're in a desert, dry spiritually, you feel, you feel like you in a desert. It's a, it's a dry spell. We call it a dry spell. When, when you have a season of life, when you feel like God's not hearing you, it's a dry spell. 
And when their people are mourning, they would sit in ashes and throw up dust and throw up sand and throw up dirt and things. And so his soul's clinging to the dust. He's mournful. Okay. But then he goes on and he says, revive me according to your word. Not according to my circumstances, not according to my happiness feelings, not according to any of those other things, but according to your word. What a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. His word gives us this ability to, to see him for who he is, to, to, in his word, we are given strength and peace and joy in those times of sorrow and dry spells, we might want to call them. God gives us this ability in his word to, to have that situation. So, so the writer is, is pleading with God here. I, I see God, I, I see him pleading with God, revive me according to your word. Another thing you want to think about, and this just came to me, was this. When someone is, is on death's door and they're doing CPR and they're, put, they're trying to revive them because they're dead. So when somebody is, when he is saying, when I've he's, he's feeling like he's dead spiritually, revive me spiritually that I might, that I might, you know, be a better person according to your word, not according to my circumstances, but revive me according to your word. I'm dead. I feel dead spiritually. I feel drained spiritually. I feel uh, uh, exhausted spiritually. So revive me according to your word, bring back that spark and that spirit of God, that, that fervency and all those things, revive all of that within me. That's what he's saying here. And one of the things, and I'll let you have it here in a moment. One of the things that, that was, as, as we were talking, revival has to come within us. You know, this is, this is a single person here saying, revive me. We have to have that kind of prayer. Revive me, Lord revive me. If we want to have a a, a nationwide revival or a statewide revival or even a church-wide revival in the churches you live in or work or go worship in, the the revival has to start within the individual, within the pastor, within someone, within the congregation that is feeling led to pray for themselves for revival. That's how revival starts. I take issue with people who go from revival to revival to revival to bring back the same spirit to their church. Well, the same spirit that started that revival in that church is the same spirit that's in your church, just waiting for you to, to be surrendered to God enough to pray God revive. And so this is what the psalmist is saying, revive me according to your word. We, we have a revival. What I, what I never understood, Shannon, with revivals is when they can schedule them. Having mm-hmm. revival services on August 25th through the 27th, and we're going to have this speaker and that speaker. That's not revival. That's not true revival. Biblical spiritual revival mm-hmm. is uh, planned. Uh, that, that would be more, not revival, but um, rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Sort of, refreshing. Uh, yeah, re, yeah re, 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 refreshing services. Uh, so, so at best, it is a it is a misuse of wording for those. Oh yeah. But yeah. I will I will get off my preaching horse here and just say <laughs> that it is it is I I see the psalmist here saying I feel dry I feel drained almost dead spiritually. God mm-hmm. revive me according to your word, which is the best thing we could ever do. 
has asked God sure. to in his word. So, Amen. Yeah, Pastor Josh, I totally agree with everything you're talking about here. We, Like you said, we talked a little bit about everything before we got on the podcast. But, you know, this shows me that the psalmist was in a place where his soul needed reviving. He knew he had maybe been in a bad place wherever he was at, but he was quick. I mean, not even in, in another verse, within the same verse, he's saying, revive me according to your word, Lord. Uh, he knew, and, and this this is the other thing, he knew where to get that reviving. Mm -hmm. That's what I think I need. I want to see out of this more than anything is that I need to see the fact that I can get my reviving from the word of God. And that's where we need to return to Every time we feel like we uh, have probably pulling away from God, we probably have. Uh, that's the conviction part of the Holy Spirit within us as, as believers. If you don't understand that and you're not a believer and you're listening to this podcast, uh, today's your day. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. You'll feel a, a reviving yourself. Revival will happen to you if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. I remember when I came back to the Lord and I got baptized, Pastor Josh, uh, I, I got, well, I guess you call it re-baptized, but anyway, uh, I was older. I knew what I was actually doing, and uh, the, when I came up out of that water, I had a revival spirit within me. I couldn't stop talking to everyone about the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll know when your soul is on revival, you will not be able to quit talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. When can our I, souls, can I, can I, yes, uh, please go right ahead. A moment. You're, you're, in this, you're in this mode of talking about that experience. And I've been talking about experiences of what I, I've been telling people, if you're saved, try to never forget what it felt like when Jesus came in and lifted mm. that weight of sin. That's right. Can you kind of give a give a little bit of an account of what that felt like for you in order to mm. just so that people can identify with what um, coming to Jesus and getting Jesus to to uh, to save their souls, what that what they what they should be expecting uh, through your experience, what you experienced with that? Mm -hmm. You want me to give a little? Yeah, a little a, a little testimony of uh, what you felt when you bowed your heart before oh. And gave okay, that, yes, absolutely. You know, uh, if anybody knows anything about baptism, and this was like I said, this was not that I didn't have that fire burning within me when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I wasn't baptized. I wasn't baptized right after I received Him back in my heart. I knew Him. Uh, I knew Him as our my Lord and Savior, even from a child. But I had fallen away. I, I had. Uh, you'll hear it even in a, in a quote that I give of Spurgeon today. It talks about backsliding. Um, I had backslidden so far, and I didn't think for a minute that, uh, that the Lord would take me back, but he did. He took me out of so many different things. But when I, you know, when you get baptized, it's an outward, um, an outward show of who, what's going on inside of you. So I was, when you're baptized in water, you're baptized, uh, you know, with Christ, you're risen with Christ, and uh, you get to be with Christ the rest of your life. And I finally got a full understanding of what that really meant. So when I did that, I was showing an outward expression of what was really already going on within my spirit. Well, after that happened, brother, I'm telling you, I come out of the water, and for the next three days, I had this, um, 
I would say, I would, I would call it supernatural sense of God within me. And I, I had boldness to go ahead and speak to people about God. Not that I'm not a talker already, Pastor Josh, but I'm just saying I had more boldness than ever to let people know what had happened to me because it was, there was an obvious change going on inside of me. Uh, my countenance had changed because God had done a work in me. But I'll tell you what brought all that on was getting in his word. I had came back to the Lord, and the way I came back to the Lord was through his word. I began to read his Bible again. I began to um, watch uh, preachers on TV and things like that. So I started getting the word in me more and more, and that's what started the whole thing of coming back to the Lord, was receiving his word as what it is. It's truthful. It, it's not full of lies, and, uh, uh you know, it's, it, it has conviction in it, and I needed that at that time. I mean, I still do. We need it every day, right, Pastor Josh? We oh, need yeah. to be convicted by his word. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but, well, um, yeah. And see, my, my experience was very similar. I, I remember when I got saved, um, you know, there was, a, there was a supernatural feeling of the weight of sin coming off your shoulders. There's always, there is right. that when you get saved. But I remember when I got baptized— we're talking about baptism, but when I got baptized, I was told by the pastor I got that I got saved under, expect God to bless you when you come up out of the water. Expect mm -hmm. God to do something in your heart. And boy, did he ever. Man, yeah. did he ever. I mean, it was, it was one of those things where, like you said, it's like you feel a different indwelling mm -hmm. of God. God indwells you mm -hmm. when you're saved, but it's like there's like a, I don't know how to explain it, except it feels hard hypercharged and and more powerful and yeah. it's something that i'll never forget that was on in on december december 16th of 1997 when i was baptized i was saved in april uh, mm -hmm. april 13th i got baptized in the holy spirit on october 28th of that same year and i was mm -hmm. baptized in water and on december 15th so in yeah, all, I, that, I, all that I, stuff I, I think we could do another podcast on uh, this baptism thing because yeah. um, uh, there's a lot of good teaching that could go on that I think a lot uh, you and I would would definitely get get some good out of it because we have to study it all over again. Um, but I'm just saying I think I think at some point I know we're I'm in the middle of a podcast right now, but we need to talk about this. Uh, this would yeah. be a good podcast. So and one of the um, one of the things and and I'm going to go ahead and just keep us rolling with the, through the, through the whole conversation, but, but with this whole revivaling, re, re reviving, according to the word, that's, that's what brought on this part of the conversation because, mm -hmm. uh, salvation, water, baptism, baptism, the Holy mm -hmm. spirit, all the things we're talking about, all of that is found in the word and yes. the word and the word is what guide should guide us into this place. So, yeah, Pastor Josh, you're you're exactly right. And then the, with the notes that I've got here, it was right along with what you just said. I said, God's word has reviving properties in it. Mm -hmm. It has reviving properties in it. If you read it, if you study it, if you begin to get into it, it will speak. It, what it is, it speaks to us from God's heart. That's what God's word is. It's his heart speaking to us. And when God speaks, he is in when he speaks to us, it's in love. When we see his word, it speaks to us in his love, whether it convicts us or not. 
that's a convicting word in love to us because he wants us to change our ways because he does want to bless us. So that what you had to say rolled right into what I was saying here. If we ever want revival to be within our souls, and that's what we're talking about is our souls, we must cling. Remember the word cling? It's like latching on to something that you won't let go of it. Like when you've got your Bible, hold on to it. You know, cling to it. Uh, hold on to that word. It is what will bring revival to the innermost man's soul. That's what will bring revival is the word of God. And when our soul is uh, is found, I'm sorry, when our soul has found revival, here's what, that's something else I want people to understand. Our actions will soon follow. And that's what we talked about in baptism. Baptism, I, I did an action that showed that the, something was going on inside me. So all the rest of the world could see, not to say, look at Shannon, but look what God has done in Shannon or what God has done in Joshua or what God has done to you out there that are listening to this podcast. Um, actions will follow when revival comes. You when, you when you hear about a true revival, you actually see healings happen. You see people's uh, legs growing back. You start to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the actions that will follow uh, the, the revival movement, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree uh, with everything you had to say at the beginning there. You can't just uh, put, a, put it up on a sign. We're having a revival this week and think that there's going to be all that going on, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so but um, if you didn't have anything else to say about verse 25, I'd like to jump right into verse 26 to 27. Sure. So sure. Um, like I said before, and you guys will always know this, but I always like to tell everybody I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So it might be a little different than what Pastor Josh has or even what you're reading, but uh, it's still the word of God. Anyway, verses uh, 26 and 27 it says, I have declared my ways. You answered and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, so I shall meditate meditate on your wonderful works. I want to start this uh, the, talking about verses 26 and 27 with a Spurgeon quote, brother. If you could just stick with me for a little bit. Um, I think you guys, everybody will find this very, very good. The Spurgeon quote is, can each one of us say... In this sense, I have declared my ways to the Lord. Think about that just for a little bit. Just that, that, little, that little first sentence. Have I declared my ways to the Lord? You need to ask yourself, have I declared what's going on in me to God? Just like a, a parent or, or a, uh, a child would to a parent. Are they telling them how their day went? Are they, are they declaring the things that are going on inside of them, whether it's bad, good, or indifferent? Are they declaring them things to the Lord? Or in other words, are they talking to the Lord about these things? Mm -hmm. So then he says, for this should be done. I've got an exclamation point in that. That should be done on a daily basis. In other words, praying to God. We need to make sure we're declaring what is going on in our souls. He already knows what's going on, folks. So we just needed to put it out there for him, really for our own selves to hear, so we can use so we can use the word to rejuvenate what's going on inside of us. Not only at our first coming to him. So in other words, Spurgeon is saying, not only at our first coming to God should we give everything that's going on inside of us, 
but continually throughout the whole of our life, we should continue to give these things over and over and over to God. Uh, we should look over each day and sum up the errors, listen, errors of the day. We're all going to have errors, and we need to be truthful and honest with God about them because it really, really, he already knows. It's not really for his benefit. It's really for our benefit when we're able to speak these things out to God because he can see the, what's going on in our hearts and say, I have declared my ways, my naughty ways. Here, here, here comes some conviction, folks. Some my naughty ways, my wicked ways, my wondering ways, my black backsliding ways, my cold indifferent ways. What I say here is Spurgeon is spot on with this quote. We, along with the psalmist, should be bringing all of our ways before the Lord in prayer. We have to have conversation with God. Remember, God already knows what you are doing, and he sees everything. Mm -hmm. Just remember that, folks. You're not hiding anything. Light. God is light, and he sees everything. Each and every day, we should take a look at our day and ask God for forgiveness for anything we have done against him and his word. If we haven't, um, uh, if we haven't operated in love, we have sinned, and we need to bring that sin before God. God is love. I think we've talked about this on here quite a bit. God is love above everything. God is love. The psalmist understands that God's words will teach and convict him, as he says, stays grounded uh, in God's word. He desires more understanding. As he reads God's word, we see that he, in verse 27, he says, make me understand the way of your precepts. He wants more understanding. So, so should we all. As a matter of fact, he meditates on this word to understand God more. So when we read his word, not only do we read it, but we need to ask God, give me the understanding of this word. We need to understand it so we can understand how his love is working in and through us. If we would all dive into God's word more, we would have much more understanding of who God is and what he desires for us to accomplish for his glory. Go ahead, brother. You know, you were talking about um, Spurgeon's quote of yeah. assessing your day in the, like in the evening, what I'm understanding it to be when you, when you, before you lay down your head, when your evening time of devotion to assess your day and, and acknowledge the things and we all have things every day that we've done wrong or that we've that we've um, uh, fallen short in the eyes of mm -hmm. God and take those things before God. I've been saying this for years, and that's a part about being a, per a person of repentance. I think it's important to have repentance in our vocabulary and in our in our demeanor and your character very, very much working in those things. It's very important to have that because. If we don't have that, then we have this situation where we become proud, we become prideful before God. We don't need God to, to touch these things in our lives because we're saved. We're we're we've been saved. We're okay. You know, God understands the frustrations. Those kinds of thinking uh, without repentance can lead to you're starting down a path of destruction. It can lead to uh, destruction. So it's important, as Spurgeon says, to to repent every day. I've been saying that for years, that it's important to repent every day. That's what I do. 
and I didn't even realize Spurgeon even said that quote, but that's what I do personally mm-hmm. on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I repent every single day as I uh, meditate on God before I go to sleep. And so it's, it's, it's a good practice if you want to have a good relationship with God. It's a good practice to do that. Yeah, yeah. just a little, I know you're going to get right in on this real quick, but I want to say this real quick. If you want to see revival within your soul, you must have a repentant heart. If you don't have a repentant heart, a repentant soul, revival will never come. It just will not. If you're not, if you're making excuses for the way you live and you know that it's not right within God's eyes, that's not true repentance. We need to remember that we need to be, you know, in true repentance. We need to have our hearts uh, circumcised, so to speak, every single day, because there is going to be some stuff that comes through our day that we're probably going to have to end up repenting for. So I like the idea that Spurgeon and you, and we've all used it. uh, Most of us have used it. You know, Lord, forgive me for what I've done today. So, um, and help me not to do it again. Don't just say uh, the next day, the same thing that you just, that you don't repent of the same thing the next day that you just repented of the day before, because you really, obviously you weren't really having, you didn't have the right heart when you asked God to forgive you of that sin. Go ahead. Yes, and, and I'm going to keep on the same grain, if that's all right with you. There's a, there's a lot of, um, first off, in today's day and age, there's a lot of things that we didn't have even when you and I were children. Uh, you probably remember growing up, I remember growing up, we had a television that had three channels, and that's all we had. And if the president was speaking, you might as well just sew up your whole night and find something else to do. But, you know, we had three channels. We didn't have everything that my children have access to, anybody has access to. So as you go through your day to day, you're going to run into things Mm -hmm. like things that are inappropriate to see, things that are Mm -hmm. you hear that are inappropriate that might cause something in your mind Mm -hmm. to spark and might take you down a path those kinds of things we must repent of because if we don't, excuse me, if we don't, we're going down that path of destruction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Spurgeon's right on, you know, that's why I love Spurgeon so much. He's right on. He was one of the the pastors and preachers of, of the 19th century that, or early 20th century, 19th century or 20th century that, uh, really, you can tell by his writings, he spent time with God. He meditated mm-hmm. upon God's word and mm-hmm. administered. And, and a lot of the things that, um, that are in the word that we should be gleaning from this is that God wants us to be close relationship with him. And we have to be. And one of the things that says that in the scriptures you read is that uh, we can glean an understanding that it, we're, we're supposed to be teachable. You know, mm-hmm. God, God can't use someone. God cannot speak to someone or use someone who isn't willing to be teachable in the moment mm-hmm. of of when we're when we're repenting. Um, that's a, that is a um, uh, what do I want to say? It's a byproduct of being teachable. Sure. Because you're not teachable if God is telling you this needs to stop or you need to start something, you need to change something, and you don't repent of it, you're not teachable. So the psalmist is saying, teach me this, teach me your statutes, be teachable. And not only Amen. be teachable, but you have to be, you have to be uh, 
honing in on God enough to understand what he's saying and understand what he wants you to do. Um, and that comes with a close relationship of understanding God. And so, you know, these kinds of things God wants us to, to do. God wants us to, all of this base bases upon re, you know, we're talking about re revival. We're talking about having a repentant spirit and re, repentant heart. All of this bases upon this particular passage. Teach me your ways. Help me to contemplate on your works. Help me to do these things. That's being teachable. That's having a close relationship. Revival happens when we have a heart like that. Repentance, true, true repentance and growth happens when we have a heart like that. And so that's my encouragement to do those kinds of things. Verse 28, my soul collapses on the account of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. You know, 28, our soul should collapse at the thought of the sinfulness that we carry on a daily mm. basis. Mm. Our soul should, we should, we should be grieved upon the choices we make that are not by choices that God would want us to make. Choices that are contrary to God, it should grieve, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And we know that. And so it should grieve us. It should bring grief to us. And it, it didn't just grieve the psalmist. His soul collapses. You know, it's it's like when you have, um, I've never lost a child, but I have witnessed people who've lost children. My brothers have lost children. And the utter grief that is there, so much so that they collapsed on the floor from the, that pain. You know, uh, the psalmist is saying, that's the grief he feels. Yes. His whole collapse, soul collapses because that is that is utter grief. And we should not we we should be grieved in that way when we knowingly con act and live contrary to the word and the precepts of God. We should. And then, and then he says, um, strengthen me according to your word. Now mm -hmm. I love how he says, uh, revive me according to your word. Now he says, strengthen me according to your word. Revival, strength from God is true strength and true revival. And we're to have revival and true strength. And it's important that we understand that if you want true revival, you want true strength, you want. And, and, and one of the things that when it comes to strength, we're not talking about I can muster up my bootstraps and I can walk through this trial without any problem and not even acknowledge God. That's not even true strength. That's, that's our own strength. You know, the true strength of God is when we do collapse in grief, but yet we do realize that God is with us when we repent and we can stand up in the face of adversity in the spiritual strength we need to walk through. And it's, it's, that's, that's true strength. That's true strength. So that's my encouragement, you know, to, to, to strength, be, be strengthened in the word of God. We all go through things, you know, we're going to date this podcast by saying, yes, we're going through a pandemic of COVID-19. We've been going through a pandemic of COVID-19 since March of 2020. So we understand this. There's a lot of things that go on in that particular, um, mentally in that particular kind of thing. And we all deal with it. We've all dealt with it. We're all dealing with it. Strength in body and spirit in mind can only come from the word of God, true strength. Mm -hmm. 
So in this part, in this time of our life, in this time of our situation in our countries, in our world, because some of us are watching this in other countries and some of us, Shannon's over in South Africa. So there's another country where this is avenue of affecting people. These, these things are in our world. And so for our world to understand that true, true strength cannot come from anywhere else, but God and his word is important. Amen. And I think it's important that we hammer that home. Mm-hmm. True strength only comes from the word of God and from God himself. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, verses, uh, verses, you were on 28 there, right? Yeah. So verses 29, I'm going to go ahead and read verses 29 through 30, because it kind of leads in just about what you were talking about, um, uh, about um, speaking truth and things like that. So let's go ahead to verse 29 and verse 30. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Hallelujah. The psalmist knows that lying is a common temptation for anyone. I want to say that all over again because it's a temptation for all of us. The psalmist knows that lying is a common temptation for anyone. But he desired to speak truth. And he knew the only way he could speak truth fully is by knowing the word of God. Because temptation to lie is so real in our lives, we must decide to always speak what is truth. Even though the truth is not always what we want to speak. Is that true or not, Pastor Josh? That happens. You know, because when we speak truth, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. Most of the time, it's probably going to rub people the wrong way. That's why God's word will sometimes rub you the wrong way, because it is truth. It's what it's made to do. It wants you to live a holy life. It really does. You know, don't tell yourself that you can't live a holy life. You can if you do. If you stick to these precepts, if you stick to the laws of the Lord, if you stick to what Jesus taught us, you know, through his word, um, it can happen. It really, really can. You might find yourself at night going, wow, I made it through a day without not sinning against God. That's wonderful. Don't be surprised that that happens because the, the, the more you live that way, the you know, the more you get into his word, you study his word and you pray his word. That's how your life is going to be. That's how God designed this. It will indeed, oh, the Lord, this word, it will indeed set us free, the truth. The truth usually isn't even received well, uh, isn't even received well. It can also set others free from the lies of the devil. So we often see that the very truth that we're speaking out of our mouths, which is the word of God, which we need to be doing, will set some people on edge. But that, that's the way, to me, that the, that the Word is designed by God, that we need to be set on edge if we're not being led by the Holy Spirit in our speech and, how we, and, and, and people that we're uh, talking with. You know, there's, there might be some deceit going on in, in another person or maybe even us. That's what the Word does. It takes it and takes that deceit or whatever's going wrong within us or the other person, and it says, hold up a minute, I don't like this. You know, so I, you, you're really rubbing me the wrong way, God. Well, 
honestly, if we will, t- it, it's a it's a thing that will set you free. That's what we talked about in the beginning. You said, Shannon, give me an understanding of what it felt like to come up out of that out of that water. And I can just tell you, I was set free from the sin that was in my life. And that's what God wants us to be set free from. Because lying, I think you said it either this time or last time, there's a special place for liars in hell. Did you not tell me that last time, Pastor Josh? That was last time. Yeah, so I'm just saying um, we need to be speaking truth, and the word is the truth. I'm not telling you you have to quote a word, the word, you know, verbatim to somebody at every turn that you talk to them. But your conversation should soon lead them to a decision of who Jesus Christ is and that he's your Lord and Savior. Well, I know. Can I I want, I want to speak a little bit to the to, to lies, to the lies that um, mm-hmm. and just the idea, um, you know, we can we can lie to ourselves uh, in the avenue of thinking and, and people have and I have and I, I'm sure you have. God can't save me. I've done too much. I've gone too far. Uh, I'm not worthy of being saved. I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy of... That is a lie. And we perpetuate those lies by continuing in that thought pattern. And it's important to understand that the Scripture says that God is no respecter of person. Um, meaning it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are or whatever the case. Jesus Christ loves you. He came, he came to save that which was lost. If you are not with him, you are lost. He's come to save you. And understand there's a whole gamut of things that the unsaved are considered by God, but then they're beckoned to come to God. Okay. So the lies we tell ourselves, I'm not worthy. I'm not. I've done too much. I've gone too far. Um, all these things. One of the things I, I tell my tell my congregation, I've told my congregation and I tell people, you're not really in, in, in dire damnation of grieving the Holy Spirit to the point of that unforgivable sin if you care about what you're, if you're concerned about it. You know what I mean? If you're concerned about God sending you to hell for something you've done, you've not you've not f- committed the unforgivable sin because if you have done that, you wouldn't care. You know, you wouldn't care. But God is saying here that the lies we speak to ourselves uh, can be so damaging in that we it keeps us from that real relationship, just as a uh, just as a relationship in real life. Um, if, you know, when you, when you have an, and I've, I've done some interpersonal mediation of arguments before, and you know, as well as anybody else that you're going, when you talk to one side of an argument and another side of an argument, they always paint themselves as the victim, as the one that was right, as the one that doesn't matter what side you're talking to, they both do the same thing. So you have to, um, you have to ascertain the whole thing. And so we can lie even to God about a situation or, or it's, it is a lie. I'm going to say it's a lie, but we can paint it to be, I'm the victim. 
I'm the one that was victimized. I'm the one. I wasn't the one that caused the issue. Okay. Um, we can lie in that way too. And we can paint things to be differently than they are. We really need to, to step away from that and be honest. And, and, and as I like to say, you need to own it. You need to own your, own your part in, 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 in this life, whether it be, whether, you know, God, you need to own the fact that God loves you. God wants you to be saved and God wants you to minister. God wants you to minister through him to other people. You got to own that, own that promise, own that, own that thing. But you've also got to own in interpersonal relationships and things. You've got to own your own, uh, your own uh, place in the issue and then repent and then go forward in God. Because we're all, if you talk to anybody, almost 100% of the time, we're all victims in every single argument. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.